0: It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at OwenElyMN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at M I N. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on this Monday, August thirtieth, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night, Barboza versus Chikadze, and we will also recap the uh, Tyron Woodley Jake Paul fight. Uh, a very eventful weekend of uh, of sports. Obviously, it was the last week of the uh, the preseason for for uh, the NFL. Uh, you know that was a little bit interesting. I got to be honest, I did not watch uh, a whole lot of uh, NFL football. Uh, although I did see that uh, Josh Rosen is now playing for the Atlanta Falcons. That uh, kind of came out of nowhere, so that's a little interesting. That dude's uh, career—I tweeted it out earlier, but uh, which is why you got to follow me on Twitter. Uh, but you know, this dude's career is doing a, a nationwide tour. It's just you know the, the the embarrassing career of Josh Rosen knows no bounds. But Uh, oddly enough that's uh, not what I'm here to talk about Uh, there was college football that was pretty awesome watched Hawaii get uh, shit stomped by uh, a lower level Pac-12 basement dwelling team in uh, UCLA and uh, I'm gonna start with Sunday and then we'll get to uh, Saturday so we'll start with the uh, the Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley fight uh, recapping that and then we'll head on over to uh, uh, the UFC uh but before we do that we'll get to some housekeeping as always uh we did have the uh main card showdown it was nss 52 uh, pretty light card pretty light card i've been busy other people have been busy uh so we haven't had a whole lot of competitors uh but we did have me taking on cadet we did give cadet a title shot uh I kind of look at that like Michael Bisping fighting Dan Henderson where they win, you know, Hendo was ranked like 14th in the world and they gave him a a world title shot. Yeah, Reagan's on like a four-bout winning streak. Fuck Reagan. We're going with Cadet. And, you know, Cadet got knocked out in round three. So, you know, she's still young in her career. Uh, She's only a puppy. Uh, We had Drew actually going to a draw with Captain, so that's, you know, not good for for him. And Reagan got another win, so, you know probably reagan getting a title shot uh next week but again you know that's for the matchmakers to decide you know i just uh go out there and you know i just swing some leather and uh you know normally goes my way uh we also have update uh, updates to the uh rankings as well but obviously we'll get to that uh as it becomes relevant uh not a whole lot of changes i i did go through Uh, Our entire rankings and kind of fine-tuned it a little bit. Um, So we made like some small changes at uh, lightweight, some small changes at uh, welterweight. Uh, Some of these divisions, we just need people to fight more often, to be honest with you. I don't feel super amazing about my rankings. I still think that they're mostly correct, you know, to be completely candid and honest with uh you guys you know i I think the rankings have been better but it's tough when people don't fight and then it's like well this person last fought in 2019 so we have this other guy who's winning fights uh you know in the current year and you know they're against slightly worse opponents so how do you how do you gauge that i mean it's you know it's it's definitely an art not a science when it comes to uh rankings which is why and i appreciate anybody who does rankings by the way i like looking at them but you'll see some of these ranking sites where they do it mathematically where they have like a point system and it's like dude that's pretty fucking hard to mathematically come down with uh you know rankings i mean it's you know what i mean i i'd, I'd be amazed if somebody could figure figure it out mathematically where it makes sense and to, to be totally frank i don't think anybody's ever mathematically going to get rankings down that's just not how it works it's so contextual it's just every single fight, even even if it's somewhat similar. I mean, every single every single fight is different. I mean, there's so many things that go into it that it's just, you know, I, I kind of like it because I, I I love you know, science and math. You know, entering MMA and you know just kind of I don't know adding adding new perspectives to things. But I uh, I don't think that's exactly going to be the future. Um. But yeah I think that's all we have for housekeeping so uh, I, I want to uh, start talking about the uh, uh, Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight and we did not do a preview for this fight card to be honest I didn't really know a whole lot of the uh, the fighters on the fight card because uh, I'm not boxing's dead as far as I'm concerned uh, and I think it's very telling that the biggest boxing fights uh, you know that have happened in the last well I guess really ever you know are, are fucking internet personalities fighting. Um so I think that's very telling. Um but I I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot to add to uh the preview because it's like okay, well Tyron's never boxed before, Jake Paul has fought a bunch of bums. Everybody's always said this and both both are true. You know, I'm not saying I couldn't have said true things. It's just I don't I didn't really have a fresh perspective to add to it. It, it would just be the same shit you'd hear anywhere else. Um, but I, got, I gotta be honest, that was actually a, a pretty enjoyable f- uh, night of, of fights. you know, some of them fucking sucked. Uh, maybe that's a little too harsh. Some of them were, you know, a little lackluster and you know, some were pretty good. But I gotta say,, um, Showtime does it right. And I, I don't think I really realized that before tonight. Uh, and again, you know, it's it's it, it's speaking more on my ignorance because I'm sure Showtime does this for every Showtime event. You know, I just don't tune in, but uh, man, they really do it right promotionally. Uh, you know, the, the lead up to this fight, you know, over like the last week, where I've really heavily been consuming, uh, you know, different bits of media. I think they do. I think they do it perfect. I love this the sit down interview that's kind of become iconic uh, with boxing. You know, the the face to face or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, where it's just really stripped down and they just sit face to face you got an interviewer right in the middle uh i love it i love it and um maybe i maybe i appreciate it more because i watched how triller fucked it up so badly Uh, triller is just fucking garbage absolute garbage just TikTok, you know modern pop and i don't even know what you call that just you know I don't want to get in trouble but whatever you call that type of rap i don't know what the proper or not not even rap but like well you just have like you know who did they have not like Nicki minaj but like those type of rappers like cardi b type of rappers you know just putting on a a 45 minute concert and then you know and then people fight it's like nobody there's no crossover between tiktok fans and, and and boxing or at least there's very little those those don't really go hand in hand so the same type of people that want to see Justin Bieber rap are not exactly the same type who want to see, you know, the, the sweet science. So it's just, promotionally, that was a disaster. Production-wise, it was terrible as well. And then just music-wise, it was, it was awful. So uh, I re- really appreciate what Showtime does. And I, I loved the pacing. It, it didn't feel super long in-between fights, you know, that's definitely a problem for some organizations, you know, I always harp on Bellator for, you know, they'll have a 15-minute fight, and then they'll have 45 minutes of just, let's send it to this desk, let's send it to this desk, let, you know, and it's like, god damn, I can only hear Josh Thompson say nothing for so long before I just lose interest in fucking, you know, tuning into Bellator, so it's like, you know what I mean, like, oh oh boy, here comes 45 minutes of Olima Lay McFarlane saying nothing, like, I mean, sometimes when it's Uncle Chael, like I got, you know, I could listen to Uncle Chael talk for hours and hours. So if it's Uncle Chael, I'm cool with it. But they don't always get Uncle Chael. Um, but even even from the first fight of the night, I mean, it was you know Tommy Fury, Anthony Taylor. Uh, I thought that was a pretty bad performance, to be honest, for for Tommy Fury, uh, because Anthony Taylor's fought at bantamweight uh, in MMA. So apparently that guy's a, a really uh, hyped prospect. Obviously everybody knows about his brother. Uh, Tyson, and you know that's probably my favorite boxer as, as a casual uh, boxing fan. But uh, not not a very uh, not a very interesting boxing fight. Not a, I didn't really really realize uh, you know how much leeway you can get with boxing rules, where you can be like, yeah, we agree to this rule and this rule and fuck this rule, and we're gonna make it a four round fight. Like I didn't know you could do that. You can make a four round boxing. Oh, why? Why, why would you box anything under than, uh, uh, you know, lower than eight? Like, what's the point of a four-round boxing match? I mean, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the Montana Love uh, Ivan Baranchek fight was really, really awesome. Uh, Their they're face-to-face uh, the day before, maybe it was two days before, was really intense, and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a pretty good fight. Uh, we had that British guy, absolutely smoke, that uh, Sicilian guy. Um, co-main event. I mean, I watched that fight. I don't really know how good it was. It probably was good uh, between Serrano and, and Mercado, but I don't know. I'm not exactly interested in boxing that 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 is, uh, you know, at that weight. Uh, and then obviously uh, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. Um, you got to give credit to Jake Paul. I, you know, I, I got to be honest. Um, I thought Tyron was gonna do very, very bad things to him. And he didn't. He didn't. Now, the th- the thing that I can't understand... So I just want to... From the start, I want to say Jake Paul won that fight. I watched it live. It was pretty obvious that Jake Paul won that fight. I don't know how it was a split decision. I... If I'm being honest... And I'm the biggest Tyron Woodley fan ever. Like, I liked Tyron Woodley after the Damian Maya fight. Like, I've been his biggest supporter... For so long, and that's probably why I get so frustrated with him, because, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But he's a very frustrating fighter in every sense of the word. But um, Jake Paul won that fight; it was pretty obvious. I, you know, I'm go- I'm going to go back and rewatch it and just see if I was watching it through, you know, frustrating glasses, uh, you know, that that uh, I've been accustomed to to watching Woodley fights with. But I don't know, like. Oh, is it round five? You'd have to give to Woodley where he had the knockdown that wasn't scored, and then I'd probably give Woodley round seven. In fact, I would give Woodley round seven. But all you know, rounds one through four, six and eight. How can you how can you not say Jake Paul won those? And again, I well I don't I I don't hate Jake Paul. I realize what he's doing. You know, it's the same as Colby Covington. Like, and I always say this about Colby Covington. If you hate Colby Covington, you're a fucking idiot. That's exactly what he wants you to do. If you if you dislike Colby Covington, the worst thing you can do is keep his name in your mouth. That's keeping him relevant. That's what he wants. He wants to evoke emotion from you. So if you're just like fuck Colby Covington, then just don't even don't tweet about him, don't talk about him. Like that would be that would actually be the most harmful thing you could do to Colby Covington is just ignore. But people don't do that and look at how, I mean, Cole, you know, Cole be successful, and the same thing applies with Jake Paul. Like, if you don't like Jake Paul, just don't mention him, but, you know, people are dummies, and uh, I, I'm not trying to make it seem like Jake Paul's a genius. Like, it does, it's cheap heat in, in uh, you know, many regards to just say outlandish stuff and, to, you know, to elicit a response, and then, you know, that's, that's just what you're trying to do, so... I'm not trying to make Jake Paul seem like a genius, but he definitely does have, <coughs> you know, like a, a style guide for how he, uh, you know, interacts. I mean, it, everything's very deliberate with him, and, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious if you watch him for more than 10 minutes, but everything's very deliberate with him. But, it's kind, con- it, it, you know, it reminds me, well, it reminds me of Tyron Woodley, but, you know, it reminds me of, like, Manel Cop. Like Manel Cop loses fights because he's so fucking tentative. And it's the same thing with Woodley. I have no I even right now, I have no doubt in my mind that if Woodley just walked him down, if Woodley, when he had him hurt, just kept putting on the pressure, Woodley would knock this dude out. I'll I I'll say that forever. Woodley is the is, is by far a better fighter than Jake Paul. But for whatever reason, He becomes, he turns into the frozen one, where he's stuck in neutral and does fucking nothing, and it's like, dude, if you do nothing all round, all Jake Paul has to do is land one punch, like, you know, that's oversimplifying it, but that's basically what it is, like, if you're so inactive, I, if if your activity is a one out of ten, I just have to be a two out of ten two out of 10 is not much, but that's all I have to do to beat you. I don't have to be a nine out of 10 to beat you as a one out of 10. I just have to be a little bit more active. And he was just a little bit more active. He still missed a shit ton of his punches, by the way. Jake Paul still missed a bunch of punches. It's not like his percentages were higher, but it's like Woodley had the the more damaging punches in the fight. I think if he really would have pressed jake paul he would have knocked him out especially when he almost sent him through the ropes and then he starts doing the like waving his his you know like fist pounding his glove or whatever dude knock him out it's the most frustrating thing on the fucking planet to watch tyron woodley fight and like he was my dude when i first got into mma like i went to mizzou he went to mizzou like he was champ when i you know started uh you know really getting into mma Like, I have a real soft spot for Tyron Woodley. Like, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He doesn't rub me the wrong way at all. I've defended him at every single, you know, every single point where people were like, oh, that Damian Maya performance sucked, you know, and I'm like, dude, he blew out his shoulder. He beat a guy who was on like an eight fight winning streak, who's the best BJJ guy to ever fight in in the UFC, and he beat him with one hand. So, yeah, it's not going to be pretty, but he beat him. The goal is to win. Like, I defend this guy. Like, I picked him to to beat Colby Covington. I picked him to beat fucking Vincente Luque. Uh, And at least in the Luque fight, he went out swinging. I'll give him that. He went out swinging. He was stuck in neutral for like 30 seconds. And then he just went out on his shield. But, you know, it's pretty fucking hard to finish Vincente Luque. um, Who's very underrated as well. But it's like, god damn, it's so frustrating. And then the clinching. The clinching is what made me so frustrated watching Woodley fight. Where... He'll put pressure on Jake Paul. He'll close the gap, and then he'll just hug him. Why the f- Why the fuck are you hugging him? That's what he wants. If, he, if, if you close the distance, what Jake Paul wants to do is hug you. So why are you willingly clinching with him? You're not And he, he was clinching and then striking and then got warned for, for striking, you know, in the clinch. So past like round two or three, he was just clinching and then just clinching and hugging and like the last two rounds where it became very apparent that he needed a knockout to win, you're just wasting time, you're just bleeding fucking seconds off the clock. And it's like, "Oh my fucking god." And you're I don't know, man, apparently he really thought he won that fight. I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just so fucking frustrated in Tyron Woodley that maybe Woodley did win. I don't know. A lot of people a lot of people really think Woodley won that fight. So, I don't know. I'm not going to say that that's the craziest thing in the world, but it's like, god damn, I really don't think so, man. Like he had the bigger moments, but you know what I mean. They score it round by round. Uh, I also think it's bullshit. They had two Ohio judges. Like how, did, how was that allowed? You know what I mean. Like you'll have you'll have like a boxing fight in Japan, and you'll have no Japanese uh, judges. You'll have like you'll have like a Filipino judge. You'll have a British judge, and you'll have like a Nigerian judge because they're in theory they all should be impartial because it's not you know their own country mate you know what i mean like they're really deliberate about like yeah we don't have any you know it's the whole hometown fucking judging thing it's like yeah we don't have judges from the hometown you don't have judges from the home state why and then the other one's from pennsylvania which i'm not concerned about but it's like okay like what? no you should have a judge from alaska a judge from fucking new mexico and a judge from minnesota like what do you yeah whatever but uh, yeah I don't know it's embarrassing that he didn't knock out a child but again Jake Paul is so deliberate and it's, it's kind of frustrating honestly because it's like uh, Tyron Woodley is a world class mixed martial artist but you're fighting him in boxing nobody would doubt for a minute Jake Paul wouldn't doubt for a minute that if they fought in inside the octagon, he wouldn't last 30 seconds. He would be head kicked into oblivion or choked out or then he really would be knocked out because, you know, you got to defend takedowns and shit like that. But it's like it's like chess and checkers. Woodley is very very good at chess and you're having him compete in checkers. I'm sure checkers translates to chess a little bit. They both, they both are games. They both are board games. And they're kind of similar, but they're different things. So it's like, okay, you, you beat, you beat a, a world-class Russian chess player in checkers. Is that impressive? I don't know. Kind of. Not, but not really, though. It's like having a, a world-class soccer player and then having him play quarterback in the NFL and winning a game against him it's like well okay he's a world-class athlete and soccer is like not the antithesis of football you know it's not the exact opposite they're both sports they both involve balls but it's you know it's different things it's like oh jesus christ and you know Woodley's definitely a better striker than Askren but it's like Jake Paul is pretty deliberate with the, the shit he does. I mean, you fight a YouTuber, you fight a midget basketball player, you fight, uh, you know, a, a, a world-class, uh, you know, grappler in a striking sport who also is coming off a of hip surgery, who's also, like, 45 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I don't know. It's, the whole Jake Paul shtick, like... I don't know, man. I guess it sells. I guess it does good money. It's mildly impressive that uh, you know he he did well uh, against Woodley, but again, I want to see him fight a real boxer. Um, I'd like to see him fight Tommy Fury, and I think he probably would beat Tommy Fury to be honest with you. But at least it would be a real boxer. You know, if this is what he if this is what he wants to do, if he wants to be a world champion, like he says. He says he does. Uh, obviously, boxing is a little different with you know how you grow fighters. I mean, it's not MMA. You're not going to be seven and zero fighting for a world championship. So he can make a lot of money on on his way up. But you know, at least if you fight Tommy Fury, you're fighting a, a real a real boxer. And you know, based on what I saw from Tommy Fury, he probably would beat Tommy Fury. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's got talent. It you know it is it is it is interesting, but. I don't know. And uh, you know, I just wanna say there's no way that him and Woodley are doing a rematch. There's no way. There's no way. Even if he gets the tattoo, they're not doing a rematch. I can promise you this much. It because what what does Jake Paul have to win? He just beat Tyron Woodley. Why would he give him another chance? Why would he extend the hand to him and go, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That was a little close. How about we how about we run that back? I know I won, and it's always gonna say a, a W. On the record for the rest of my life, but let's run it back. It's it's the same thing. It's the same principle as like you want to play Xbox with your brother or something, but you only have one controller. So you're like, hey, let's rock paper scissors uh, for the controller, and you win rock paper scissors, and then your brother's like, oh no, no, no best two out of three. What? No, fuck you. <laughs> why? So I can give you a chance to win. I just won. Why would I? Why would I? Why would we do best two out of three? There's no need for me to... I'm sure you want that. There's no me, need for me to do that. And Jake Paul is always on to the next thing. It's always bigger and better things. So maybe it's possible if, if he can't find a bigger and better thing. But I really have a feeling that he's just going to move on to something else. And I know that he's kind of poo-pooed the, uh, the fight with Tommy Fury. But Tommy Fury looked pretty bad. So it would be a pretty easy win. And like I know who Tommy Fury is because of his brother but apparently he's a big uh you know reality tv star in england something that i would not be familiar with in the slightest but he has a big following on social media and that's honestly at the end of the day that's a really really the only thing that matters so you already beat woodley tell him to fuck off and go fight a guy who has a very big following who is a legitimate well you know he is a full-time professional boxer so you can say you beat a boxer and, and, you know, silence the critics in that respect. So, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, um, I don't know. For Woodley, it's it's kind of weird as well. Cause, like, what do you. Let's assume you don't get the rematch with Jake Paul, which I think is very, uh, very fair. What do you do next? You're like, I don't think you're gonna go back to the UFC. I don't think they want you. Like, are you gonna go to Bellator? Are you gonna keep, keep boxing? Like, what are you gonna what are you going to do? Like, you don't have, like he is Tyron Woodley. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he's cloutless, but it, you know, Jake Paul was the a side. It's not like Tyron Woodley's got that much clout to where it's like, boy, I can't wait to see Woodley fight a TikToker. Like, I don't know what he does. He'll do something, but I don't, I don't, I don't really know what it is. So, yeah, I think that's just about all I have to say on, uh, on that event. You know, overall uh enjoyable you know i really liked it i I liked the um i liked the barstool uh people being involved uh i thought it was it was interesting and that's a really fine line to walk as well because like you could be like hey we're gonna we're gonna have like these two guys who we don't know how they got here you better watch out they're wild and crazy dudes man they're gonna say some wild shit like that could go really wrong where it's like where it feels forced or like really corny or like you know like because what was it like for like the floyd mayweather and fucking logan paul or whatever his name is uh boxing match like the commentary team they had where it was just like thugged out rappers and like people who are just like yo whoa oh my god fucking epic whoa where it's like okay that's fucking cancer um, it can go very wrong when you try to get a little goofy with sporting events, you know, like, like the UFC with Snoop Dogg. I fucking hate Snoop Dogg. He's the most annoying person on the planet. So when he was doing like, what did he do? The contender series or something, or they had him in like Uriah Faber or something. It's like, boy, I can't wait to see Snoop Dogg, a fucking 65 year old grandpa have some stupid fucking reaction. That's going to go viral. Um so it, again it can go very wrong but I like it. They said some funny shit like Montana Loves got a fucking porn star name or or that Tommy Fury fucking sucks at boxing and should fucking find a new career or whatever. I really liked it. Brian Custer is really really good at uh being like the the straight guy or whatever whatever you want to call it like the, you know, guy who gets everybody's um ducks in a row. I guess straight guys more of a radio term. Um but you know, the the overarching host i liked ariel helwani uh as well so yeah i thought it was a a, a pretty a pretty uh, enjoyable broadcast nice nice product there from showtime all right let's uh move on here to uh the ufc and uh yeah we had uh barboza and uh obviously we'll start here uh in the uh, the main event we had uh, giga Chikadze knocking out edson barbosa in round three just a really fun performance, and uh, again, you no, know, I-, I talked about it on the preview show, where you know, there's not a whole lot at stake in this fight. It's not a championship fight. It's not a number one contender fight. Neither of these guys are in the top five. It's just really fun. That's not to say it's devoid of purpose, but it- it's really more about fun styles. Who's the best striker at featherweight, and man, that was a very impressive performance by Giga Chikadze. He was faster than Edson Barbosa, which I didn't think was possible. In fact, I scoffed at that notion when I said it. I scoffed at my own notion on the preview show, where I said, well, maybe Giga Chikadze might be faster, and then I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Now, that's not true. Edson's never going to be slower. Fuck if I was wrong, and right at the same time, because I'm arguing with myself. Uh, Chikadze was faster. Uh, He was just threading the needle on being aggressive but being smart with his strikes where he never put himself at risk he engaged often he walked him down but he ne- he never was reckless with it it was all very calculated so if you can do that against Edson Barbosa you can literally do that against any featherweight I really believe that I, I think Giga Chikadze is the best striker in the featherweight division and uh, I know that might sound a little crazy because Max, Max Holloway is a featherweight. But, I think, and it's not even, it's not splitting hairs, but I think, if you say Max Holloway is the best puncher, the best boxer, in the featherweight division, no argument from me. I think that's correct. But striking is everything. Striking is is knees, elbows, punches, and most importantly, uh, especially in the case of uh, Giga, the kicks. So, best Boxer, 100% Max Holloway. Best striker with the ability to throw anything you can throw? It's pretty hard to say it's not Giga Chikadze. If you still wanted to say Max Holloway, I wouldn't say you're wrong. You know, because I think it's fair where, you know, you could be like, well, Holloway's fought against tougher opponents, and, and Giga hasn't fought a, a top-five guy yet. I think that's fair. You know, if you want to wait until Giga's fought somebody who's really, really up there, fair enough. But uh, I think... Not that I've seen enough from from Giga, I'd love to see a lot more. Uh, but man, his his striking is fucking phenomenal. Very very impressive performance. And um, I don't know, somebody's gonna have to get active in that featherweight division. I got you know, it's a lot of people who are stuck in the mud who don't like fighting. Brian Ortega's fought. Now I understand he's fighting for the title, which is complete horseshit. But he's fought like once in the last three years. The Korean Zombie. He's somewhat active. Zabit is fucking damn near retired at this point. Yair is damn near retired at this point. Calvin Cater is damn near retired from the ass whooping that Max Holloway put on him. Josh Emmett should be returning kind of soon, right? Because he, he had that torn ACL or something in the fight against uh, Shane Burgos, I want to say. Uh, but that that feels like it was a long time ago, so Josh Emmett should probably be coming back at some point. But I actually think the inactivity at Featherweight is going to work in the favor of Giga. It's gonna work against him in the sense that a lot of potential matchups are gonna be off the off the board. Because if people aren't fighting, then they're not options. But Giga's active, so you could you could see him jump over a bunch of fucking people, you know, in, in the rankings, where it's like okay, uh Zabit says no, Yair says no, Calvin Cater says no, okay, now you're fighting the number three guy, the Korean zombie, you know what I mean, because nobody else would say yes, so they have to find somebody, or I guess they don't, I guess, you know, worst case scenario, they, they find nobody, but I, I have a hard time believing that, so, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think Giga's looking up, I think, you know, you win on a, on a main event, you're a main event fighter from this point out. Or, or you know, co-main or, or featured about on a pay-per-view, but big things come when you win. Fucking, you know, main events. That's how. That's how that works. So, uh, geek is definitely somebody to watch out for uh, in this division. Uh, in the uh, co-main event, we had uh, Brian Battle uh, submitting Gilbert Urbina in round two via a rear naked choke to become the uh, uh, middleweight uh, ultimate fighter. uh pretty resilient performance there from brian battle definitely was not going his way in the first round was getting swarmed by gilbert urbina but composed himself really turned it around before the first bell which is impressive you know to have uh mid-round adjustments or you know to at least you know stop getting your ass beat uh mid-round and then uh you know kind of got on him with the striking and, and took him to the ground and choked him out so you know that was a that was a very fun performance from from brian battle really really showed a lot and uh you know a really awesome story i mean he was the last pick in the uh in in the well i guess the draft so you know another kelvin gastelum like story and uh also was a guy who was like 400 pounds or something 350 pounds so a uh, pretty uh pretty interesting guy and then for gilbert urbina I mean, he continues the, um, <clears throat> the 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 curse of the Urbina family. I mean, uh, Hector Urbina lost on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I don't even think he won a single fight. I don't think uh, Elias won a fight on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, at least Gilbert won a fight, but uh, comes up short. So 0 for 3 for the Urbina family. So I don't know. You know, that's uh, that's quite some. That's that's quite the curse there. Uh, in the uh, the featured belt we had Ricky tercios winning a split decision over Brady he stamped, uh to win the uh, the bantamweight weight uh, portion of the ultimate fighter um, close fight close fight uh, you know it was, it was very similar to a lot of Brady's uh, other fights uh, during the season where you know he, he he makes it close and and you know he, he he won up to that point but he does get hit a lot he gets hit a lot you can really tell he's a 22 year old Fighter, and you know somebody like Ricky tercios who has twice the uh, experience, as he stands someone who fought on the Contender Series. So basically, sniffing the door of uh, of the Ultimate Fighter or of uh, of the UFC. You know that was uh, a good performance. Uh, I don't think Brady going to get signed to the UFC because a lot of times, even if you lose in the Ultimate Fighter finale, you're, you're going to get your shot in the UFC. Uh, you know, you even you even see that with guys who don't even make the finale. I mean, fucking Andre Michael Gilmore got signed to the fucking UFC to fight Andre Petroski, so anything's possible. But I, I think that's maybe somebody you look to do a developmental deal with and just stick him in LFA or or something because uh, he needs a little more seasoning. It, you know, it it actually might be the best thing to happen to Brady that he didn't win the Ultimate Fighter because you you see it with like young fighters. It's very, very, very hard to grow in the UFC. I mean, look at Sage Northcutt. look at Paige Van Zant. Uh, you know, there's so many fighters who come in young and just fucking flame out. So you know, obviously it sucks to lose. i'm I'm sure he would m- you know much prefer to to actually win, but you know it, it might be a silver lining. There might be a silver lining to to Brady losing. and then for Ricky Tercios, uh, good for him. Interesting story, uh, you know, on, on a pretty boring season of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, you know, if I got to be honest. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not in love with crazy fighters. You know what I mean? I saw a lot of people comparing him to like Tony Ferguson, where it's like, whoa, like Ricky says some crazy shit, man. You better watch out. You're n- hey, you're you're not gonna believe what Ricky just said. Like you better strap in, buddy. Like I'm not like. I've met crazy people before, like you know what I mean. I've, I'm not impressed by people saying crazy shit, you know what I mean. Where it's, where he starts talking like Joshua Fabia, Diego Sanchez's old coach, and it's like, okay, like I don't. It makes me think you're mentally ill, like I don't know, like, or you're just a goofy guy. But either way, like I don't care. Like, whoa, man, you gotta fucking shoot for the stars, man, and you gotta shoot for the stars. And sometimes you're going to land on the moon. You know what I'm saying, daddy-o? And you're like, okay, fucking, all right. I could probably hear this. I could probably go to a Minnesota Twins game and hear the same thing from a homeless person on the on the fucking light rail. Like, it's not... I don't go, wow, that's fucking amazing. How quirky. So quirky, though. Um, but yeah, whatever. Good for him. Good for him. Uh... I'll try to go through some of these pretty quickly because a lot of them were uh, a little nondescript, uh, but this is a, a pretty significant fight here uh, in the, uh, the welterweight division. Uh, we had Daniel Rodriguez winning unanimous decision victory over Kevin Lee. Uh, like I said, D-Rod is not to be messed with and, uh, you know, some people might not know who he is and it might look like a bad loss for Kevin Lee. I mean, there's probably no such thing as a good loss, but listen, D-Rod's a killer, so that's not, I'm not down and out on Kevin Lee, because he lost to Daniel Rodriguez, 15 pounds up from where he should be fighting, Uh, and you know, back and forth fight, pretty close, I'd probably give round, was it round one and round three to D-Rod, and then Kevin Lee won round two, maybe I'm misremembering, there's so many fucking things that happened between now and uh, when the fight happened but either way two rounds to one i know that for sure uh and you know kevin lee in in, in typical uh, fashion got uh pretty hurt during the fight you know managed to kind of get saved by the bell but you know take him down and use his wrestling uh kevin lee is not a welterweight I can, I can tell you that i, I really don't want to see him up at welterweight i don't doubt that it's very hard for him to fight at lightweight dude you got to find a way just to make it work at lightweight i mean it's you're going up against some big boys there at welterweight uh you're a guy who's fought at lightweight d-rod could never fight at lightweight he probably would be able to fight at lightweight when he was a a teenager so you know you're going up against some big boys there uh there's people who can cut weight and there's people who cannot cut weight to to get to a, a specific uh target point so i don't know he's gonna run into some trouble there and uh you know he's lost five of his last seven so you know it's kind of crazy to think about but you know he's been losing uh, a lot of fights you know hasn't really gone good since he lost to tony ferguson and uh you know albeit again it's it's against you know tough guys really tough uh opponents but that that really doesn't matter that really doesn't um i don't know hold water with me well yeah i lost a bunch of fights but they were the good guys okay but you still lost like all right do you want a participation trophy because you lost to a bunch of good guys like we don't expect kevin lee to lose to a bunch of good guys he's very very talented and he's shown that time and and time again so it's like yeah it's it's the ufc if you're gonna fight and you know if every single one of your fights since you know during the last six or seven years you know if you're going to be fighting in the top 15 yeah you're going to fight tough guys so you know you, you got to string together more than two wins in the last uh five calendar years but uh i don't i don't really know where he goes from here you know i saw some people talking about him going to like bellator or something i don't know he would do he would do really well in bellator i don't doubt that but i don't know if it's time to jump ship uh this early i don't know i really think he can figure it out here in the ufc he's still only like 28 and then for daniel rodriguez i mean that's that's a good win that should get him in the rankings uh that's definitely a name people are gonna know you know this is kind of a guy who's just been active he fights whenever the ufc tells him to fight and uh you know this is his first real test and he he definitely passed it in flying colors you know, could work on his takedown defense a little, a little more, but you know, he stuffed a handful of them. So, uh, and his striking's good, and and he, and he carries power, and you know, he's not not the tallest guy, but he, he's kind of lanky as well. So, you know, I, I think uh, D. Rod is gonna be going places in the next uh, calendar year because he's just so fucking active uh speaking of changes to the rankings uh let's take a look here at welterweight and uh, we did put daniel rodriguez in the rankings so he's at uh number 15 in the uh the welterweight division we uh, bumped santiago Ponzanibio down from 15 to unranked so unfortunate there for the argentinian but i think it's very well deserved well deserved there for uh daniel rodriguez Especially because, in my mind, he's undefeated. I mean, I, I again, I have no idea how somebody scored that fight for uh, Nicholas Dalby. Uh, oh, and then let's see. Uh, at Featherweight, I forgot to to, uh, to get to it, but uh, we had uh, Giga Chikadze moving from 11 to 8. Uh, and then moving down a spot from uh, 8 to 9 is Arnold Allen, 9 to 10, Dan Ige. Uh, 10 to 11 Edson Barbosa and then we had a random shuffle I put Bryce Mitchell at 13 and Shane Burgos at 14 so I flip-flopped him so uh, Giga enters the top 10 and uh, Edson slides down uh, out of the top 10 so I think that's uh, pretty fair Um, we had Andre Petroski winning over Michael Gilmore I have literally nothing to say about that fight very boring don't care uh, we had Gerald Mearshart with the biggest upset of the night, choking out uh, Mahmoud Muradov. I don't know, just when just when you start to go out on GM3, he fucking, he reels you back in. You know, he's lost a handful of fights uh, recently, a lot more red than, uh, than green, but man, just when you count him out, he comes back and, you know, Muradov is a, a very, very legitimate prospect. I mean, that dude is a fucking amazing striker good power uh you know i still think he's gonna go places uh in the middleweight division but classic uh grappler versus striker and i guess i guess we should have listened listened i mean the whole history of the ufc you know is really uh the theme that you know ground combat sports is better than striking combat sports i mean we should have known that from fucking ufc one but uh i don't know i thought Muradov was gonna get it done and uh, GM3 just grinds it out. I mean, go figures gets knocked out in 17 seconds by Hamzat Chmaev, but you know, submits. Uh, you know, another very credentialed uh, striker. So good for him. I have no idea where he goes from here. I, I saw he was asking for a top 15 opponent. I don't think he's uh, gonna be that lucky, but uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, we had Abdul Razak Al Hassan with a 17-second knockout. Speaking of 17-second knockouts, uh, he had a 17-second head kick win over Alessio Di Chirico. Uh, That—that's a knockout of the year contender. It really is. I'm still gonna go with Yuri on uh, on Dominic Reyes, but that's a contender for sure. That is right up there. That might be number two. That is an amazing, that is an amazing knockout. I mean, just cracked him and just sent his whole body to the left. I mean, his whole body reacted to that head kick. He definitely chose wrong on where to dip and uh, paid for it. Uh, and that's uh, classic Abdul Razak Al Al-Hassan. He, he either wins by devastating first round knockout or he doesn't win at all. Uh, there's no going to round two. There's no going to a fucking decision that he wins. It's just fucking brutal first-round knockouts. So it's actually really awesome to see him back on track. Seems like a cool guy. Has some uh, Minnesota ties. uh, And uh, was very emotional. And, you know, sometimes people can relate. So, you know, very, very cool to see him get uh, that type of win. And, you know, I also found out there's kind of a weird curse going on. A weird knockout curse. So let me see if I have this straight. So... Joaquim Buckley has an insane knockout win over Impakasangani. And then in Joaquim Buckley's next fight, he gets brutally knocked out by Alessio DiCirico with the head kick. And now Alessio Di Chirico gets fucking potentially the, the knockout of the year done uh, towards him by Abdul Razak al-Hassan. So it's kinda like that movie ah uh, fuck, what do you call it? It was so big my senior or junior year of high school. Uh, Like, The Following or something, where... uh, What is it? Like, you... Oh, what is it? It was supposed to be, like, uh, some, like, really, like, profound thing about, like, STDs where, like, you fuck somebody and then you, uh, you know, have an STD and you pass it on to somebody. Where it was that horror movie where you know you pass on the 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 curse to somebody else and it's it's like some like spirit that it it never runs uh, but it never stops it just it's always walking towards you it's always following you you're cursed and until you pass it on to somebody else uh actually in the movie you might have passed it on to somebody else by having sex with them so actually it might be actually if that's the case that's a pretty on the on the nose fucking metaphor or or whatever they're trying to put on there but it's kind of like that we're like i'm scared for uh abdul razak Al Hassan. like he's he's got the bad juju now he's got he's got the curse on him i mean i don't know so whoever he fights next i mean shit i don't know he's gonna get he's gonna get flatlined in his next fight so i don't know you live you live and die by shit like that uh but yeah that's spooky Uh, We had a a pretty weird fight between Wellington Terman and Sam Alvey. Terman wins by split decision. Uh, Yeah, Sam Alvey, not smiling after that one. Not smiling after that one. Uh, Terman got deducted uh, two points for uh, kicking him in the... Or actually, no, not kicking him in the nuts. uh, Poking him in the eyes. Very, very blatant. And I think that's very good refereeing, too. I love that. I forget... I want to say it was Mark Smith but uh, I might be misremembering but whoever was the referee for that one amazing job. So I think he gave him he gave him two warnings throughout the fight. Like two stopping stopping the action and warning him about eye pokes because as a fighter you have to be under you have to have your weapons under control and his I mean he looked like John Jones out there with his fucking hands sprawled out, you know, right in, right in his uh, you know six inches in front of alby's face the entire fight and then he takes a point and then 15 seconds later pokes him in the eye again takes another point i like that I, i love that i mean you can't be doing shit like that so taking away two points uh i thought that was uh very very fair uh, and, you know, Sam Alvey was mad because he thought he won the fight, but he lost every single round. So even, even if you deduct two points, that's still a win for uh, Wellington Terman. Uh, so I, I don't have an issue uh, with it. Obviously, I can't score at a split decision because whatever my card is, is whatever it is, but that would have been... I mean, shit, how do you even how do you even score that? What is it, 18, 18, 28, 27, I guess would be the score. I would have scored that twenty-eight, twenty-seven for uh, for Wellington Terman, uh, who looked re- he looked really good once he started getting pissed, like the last minute of the fight where he was getting pissed and walking him down. Ah, he looked pretty good. If he goes to that Terminator style of, of fighting from time to time, ah, he might have some success. It'll look, you know, he's a big boy. He looks like he punches hard, and uh, you know, interesting, uh, interesting fight. Uh, we had Dustin Jacoby knocking out Darren Stewart with a standing TKO uh, in round one. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that fight, to be honest with you. Both of those guys, I mean, Stewart's probably getting cut, and Dustin Jacoby is racking up some wins, but, you know, we, we need to see, you know, a tougher uh, competition. But, you know, looks promising. Obviously, a good striker. Uh, but the big thing from that fight that I took away uh, from it uh, that a lot of people kind of made a big deal about is. You know, standing TKOs are perfectly legit. I mean, you don't have to be unconscious for a fight to be stopped. You know, it's it's. I to be honest with you, and it's kind of weird to say this because it should be uh, situation by situation, but there should be a lot more standing TKO stoppages in the UFC. I mean, we don't we don't all have to be fucking Mario Yamasaki, Steve Mazzagatti fucking, if they die, they die, fight to the fucking death, you know, type of things, like, you know, we, we, you can live to fight another day, you don't have to be unconscious for, for a, a, a TKO or KO to happen, so, well, I guess for a KO, you have to be unconscious, but for a TKO, totally cool with the stand, because, you know, the the lights were not on for Darren Stewart, nobody was home, nobody was answering the door, so just because you're standing doesn't really mean a whole lot if you're just, if nobody's, you know, gonna answer the, uh, the door, so... You know i'm totally cool with uh with that uh we had a pretty good fight between jj aldrich and uh, vanessa demopolis aldrich won via unanimous decision good fight uh really showcased uh, uh her her striking i didn't know she was that good of a striker i like the game plan i like taking her down just kind of establish dominance and you know kind of throw a, a wrench in uh, demopolis's head uh, for, for maybe what she thought was going to happen in that fight. and Demopoulos says no business being in the UFC and uh, will probably be cut. Uh, we had Pat Sabatini winning in round one via a submission uh, by heel hook against Jamal Emmers. Uh, that's the, the, the that should be a case study for why you don't fuck with heel hooks. I, I'll, I'll never know why anybody fucks with heel hooks. The second Sabatini started going for a heel hook, and Jamal Emmer started going for a toe hold. I knew the fight was over. I knew it was over. That's just you don't you don't do that. That's somebody that, that, that's trying to that, that's you're staring down the barrel of a tank with a squirt gun and, and trying to beat a tank with a squirt gun. It's like okay, toe hold, fucking schmo hold. I don't nobody cares about that. Uh, I care more about the fucking heel hook. And, like, oh, I it, I have a tough time watching shit like that because it's just... Heel hooks, there's no progression on a heel hook. It's, I'm working on a heel hook, everything's fine, totally cool, uh, totally cool, totally fine, and then catastrophic knee injury out for 18 months. Like, that's how it goes. Like, there's no... Like, because we've seen people tap from heel hooks where they didn't even... Like they were just going for a heel hook, or you know, maybe they were in the early stages of a heel hook, but they were smart enough to realize, like, yeah, if I let this go another five or ten seconds, uh, I'm not going to be able to fight or make money for the next 12 to 18 months uh, because I'm going to be rehabbing, you know, my entire fucking leg. And uh, you know, Jamal emmers probably f- broke everything in his knee, so probably should have tapped. I would just, if somebody went for my, if somebody went for a heel hook, I'd just tap immediately. I mean, there's no, there's no point. and that that's how scary it is. Like, I'm sure, you know, with like an arm bar or something or, you know, a rear naked, well, I guess a rear naked choke, you just go to sleep and then it's not that big of a deal. You just wake up. It's like kinking a, a garden hose or something. But it's like, yeah, with an arm bar, like, I'm sure you probably, I'm sure it doesn't feel good, but I'm sure you can feel it. Like You can feel your arm getting right to the point where it's going to break and be like, yeah, no, I'm going to tap out. But It's just man that's so fucking scary you just totally fine it 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 there's no better example of zero to a hundred real quick than a, a heel hook just, ugh, sickening uh, and then we also had a split decision win for Mana Martinez over uh, Guido Canetti don't care about that so yeah you know a fun uh, weekend of fights uh you know from the uh, the showtime business on Sunday to uh, you know, yet another, uh, UFC card that is not very stacked, but the matchmaking is solid. And, you know, a lot of the fights end up being pretty, pretty good. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a, a successful, uh, little card there. Awesome to see, uh, you know, the, the comeback season of the ultimate fighter, uh, you know, wrap up for many reasons. I mean, you know, first and foremost, because it's back, but first and foremost, or, you know, Secondly, because uh, it's over, because it was not a very good season. So, I think uh, the Ultimate Fighter can be good. It's just, uh, you know, I could think of uh, 75 other combinations of coaches that I would have rather have seen than Volkanovsky and Ortega. I think that was just uh, a disgrace. A disgrace that they went with those coaches. I mean, you do realize Colby Covington is a thing. I mean, you could have done Colby Covington versus fucking Jorge Masvidal for the ultimate fighter Colby versus Leon, Colby versus Nate Diaz, Colby versus Israel Adesanya, Colby versus Fabricio Verdum. It, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Colby and anybody, Colby and a Best Buy employee, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. And you know, that's just one guy. I mean, you could have done you could have done anything. You could have done Jan and Sterling. Uh, you know, before their uh rematch. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just uh A little bit of a wasted opportunity there from the UFC, but good to have the Ultimate Fighter back. Obviously, that's uh, becoming increasingly uh, less important, uh, you know, due to the uh, advent and and now the uh, explosion of uh, the Contender series. But you know, very important, very important in the history of uh, the UFC, and you know, it's it's still important. There's still a purpose. I mean, there's things that the Ultimate Fighter can't. Uh, there, there, there's things that the Ultimate Fighter can do that the Contender Series can't. I mean, the brilliance of the Contender Series is it's a one-night thing, and you only have to fight one night to get to the UFC. The Ultimate Fighter, you gotta, you know, have a handful of fights over the course of, you know, a month and a half to two months to try to get to the UFC. But you get exposure. I mean, you get your name out there. People get to know you. You know, you, you really come into the UFC with a fan base off of The Ultimate Fighter. So, you know, there, there's still things that are important about uh, The Ultimate Fighter. So, again, good to have that back. All right. Well, with that, it uh, looks like we'll uh, wrap it up here. So, again, you can follow me on Twitter at M N. You can follow Star Sports on Twitter at M I N. Got to check out our website, at northstarsports.media or Owenealy.com. it's the same thing Uh, actually i think it defaults to northstarsports.media but either web address will get you to the proper website so that's uh, the good news uh we'll probably be back well let's see here is it monday this is not good radio uh we'll probably be back on wednesday i want to say and we'll do the uh the preview show for whatever the fuck is next i don't even know what's next for the ufc but whatever is next we will have the preview show on wednesday so with that thanks for tuning in everybody